Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I have a logistical challenge here. Uh, I collect, I, Joe, collect uh, all sorts of things I want to talk about on the show, and I have tabs and and, and folders and the rest of it, and it's become totally unwieldy. There's so many great things to talk about. Each one of them deserves between 30 seconds and five minutes of discussion. And so once in a while, I do this just to preserve my own sanity and to make sure you hear this stuff. It's time for Joe Closes His Tabs. Now, Jack, because we're going to move swiftly here, uh, oh boy. It, uh, you know, I want to make sure that you have time to comment as much as you want. So just uh, why don't we end each little mini segment with you saying something like, well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of an awkward. I have nothing else to say. Here we go. Joe closes his tabs. Sorry, gay folks. Vatican said Monday the Catholic Church would not bless same-sex unions. Uh, Being uh, gay, getting married up as a gay person is a choice, and it's a sin and cannot be recognized as objectively ordered to God's plans. I was kind of surprised by that. This pope seems to, uh, you know, uh, march to his own drummer and has been out there on a number of subjects. I thought now might be the time that they say, hey, you're born gay. So, uh... Oh yeah, yeah. But they're uh, still going with you know you you could go with your born gay and still be anti gay marriage, I guess, for a variety of reasons. But um, the idea that they're still going with it's a choice is interesting to me. Yeah. Now the the doctrine is: look, we love you. Uh, we're all sinners. That happens to be yours. Uh, no, no problem. We love you. Welcome to church. We're just not going to bless your your marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so, I'm not Catholic. So My gay friends don't care what the Pope thinks, as far as I can tell. Right. Uh, well, and I don't think most Catholics are uh, going to live by that either. So, um, uh, Sean suggests, ain't that something for the waiter? <laughs> oh, I like that's, that. that's pretty strong, Sean. That's why you're the producer. <laughs> ain't that something? Okay, moving along then. Scientists want to store the DNA of 6.7 million of Earth species on the moon. Wow. They're calling it a lunar arc. They're going to hide inside the moon's lava tubes the sperm, eggs, and seeds of millions of Earth's species. By twosies, twosies? Uh, that's not clear to me. They'd be safely hidden in these hollowed-out tunnels and caves sculpted by lava more than three billion years ago. Take that, 10,000-year-old basket. <laughs> From the last segment. They would be powered by solar panels above. Hold the cryogenically preserved genetic material of all 6.7 million known species of plants, animal, animals, and fungi on Earth. That's it what would, I am. It would, <laughs> it would require at least 250 rocket launches to transport all those things to the moon. As a fungi, I'm in favor of that. <laughs> Ain't that something? Okay, moving along. <laughs> Who among us hasn't considered urinating in our airline seat? What? Nobody's considered that. But if you have... I know it's a flotation device. If you have, uh, you could get yourself a quarter million dollar fine and up to 20 years in prison. Exhibit A is a Colorado man, 24 years old, who refused to wear a face mask and then stood up and urinated on his seat, according to the AP. Okay. The man now faces a federal charge of interfering with a flight crew and attendance that carries a maximum term, blah, 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 blah. 
So I think if you just let it go because you're too lazy to walk to the back of the plane, you probably won't get a quarter million dollar fine. I would love some sort of real-time way to know how do you think this is going to play out, my right, man? Right. Like as right. this is actually going right. forward. Right. Let's let's fast forward to an hour from now, a day from now. Is your life going to be better for this experience? Sir, I see you're standing on your seat and your penis is exposed and it appears to me that you're about to urinate. Let's think about this for a moment. <laughs> Exactly. How does this play out? Jack, authorities believe alcohol was involved. The no Colorado. <laughs> I would like your expert judgment as a uh, recovering drunk about this uh, activity. The Colorado man told the FBI that he had several beers. Hmm. How many? Several? If you say several, it's a lot. Because all cops will say everybody says two. When it's been more than that, if you're willing to admit to several, it's a lot. More than six, I'm guessing. I, I, I absolutely, yeah. I, I, I would, would bet say the over six on that. or more. Yeah, yeah. And I quote, a couple of shots. Oh boy! <laughs> before boarding the flight, he fell asleep on the plane <laughs> and awoke to being yelled at by the flight attendants who told him he was peeing. He was released on a ten thousand dollar bond pending his next court appearance. Um, what happens? Well, this other guy punched a Delta flight attendant in the face. I mean, that's just, it's another mask thing. What I started mask. talking to a girl in a, uh airport bar one time, and uh, she was headed to Wisconsin, and I was headed to California, and we ended up in Las Vegas. I mean, things can happen when you start drinking. <laughs> wow. It's the crossroads of the world. Who knows who you're going to meet in an airport? Really is. Let's see. So the, okay, second incident involves a passenger who was caught on camera punching a Delta flight attendant in the face, uh, masks. Uh, refused to wear his mask, secure his tray table, and fasten his seatbelt. What's the matter with you? Anyway, he should probably be in jail and kept away from me. Uh, so you could get fined heavily if you screw around on an airplane. Ain't that something? California schools. <laughs> you know what? No, we're not going to do that one. That one's too important. And finally, this. Well, no, I have more tabs. Which one? Which one should I do? Uh, uh. Uh, the second uh, working one. from home is breaking our bodies, according to physical therapists. Professionals with neck and back aches and other pains arising from work hours spent sitting at makeshift work from home stations. Huh. So I, that's that's interesting. I would think that most people have a more comfortable setup at home than they do at work. Work ten, tends to give you the cheapest chairs they can get away with, right? Well, Sean is doing deep knee bends right now. Is that to help with your uh, work? It was a good reminder. <laughs> Self-care is health care, everybody. <laughs> another, Ac- another great Sean phrase. <laughs> According to the premise of this story, which we should not question, Jack, <laughs> corporations have ergonomic office furniture. Oh, okay. Your Herman Miller chairs, adjustable standing desks, whereas employees are kind of makeshifting it in front of dressers and countertops and whatever office chair they had there where they balanced the checkbook in the kitchen. <laughs> they are reclined on their couch with their laptop on their belly like an otter. <laughs> <laughs> Positive Sean in fine form today. Uh, spinal disc issues, neck strains, etc. Blah, it blah, is possible blah. that, uh, uh, I could see this actually, that you tend to do kind of the lounging thing Sean was just describing as opposed to sitting up what seems uncomfortably in an office chair, but it is actually much better for you. Yes. Yeah. I, I could see that. 
So here are a couple of helpful hints if you find yourself in this position. Create a workstation that is dedicated exclusively to work. Yeah. If you have five, if you have room, you do. If you don't, you don't. But keep your eyes level with the top of your web browser to achieve good neck positioning. That's a good tip. Keep your eyes level with the top of your web browser. Yeah. Wow. You want to try to avoid craning the neck up or down for a long time. So, yeah. Exactly. Keep your elbows at 90 degrees. Okay. Yep. Ixnay the Aincray. Now we're on to the elbows. Okay. Everybody's got their elbows at 90 degrees. I look like a robot. Uh, wrists in a neutral position. Shoulders what? relaxed to avoid tightness across the chest. What's a, what's a neutral wrist position like Mr. Burns? <laughs> That's correct. Oh, hmm. uh, let's see. An external mouse versus a touchpad can also help relieve excessive strain on arms and wrists. All right. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. That's too long. Uh, oh, plus people are used to having a couple two-tree screens on their desk at work. They're all maxed out, and then they're working at a single desktop at home, and they're hunched over, and they're squinting, and the rest of it. Uh-huh. Plus people are working too long from home, so cut it out. I've been trying to sit up straighter. One of those things that your mom or teachers or whoever used to told you that they've turned that they've found out over the years is actually very good for you, not just physically but mentally. It, it's it's better for your brain to sit up straight. Yeah, interesting. Uh, you do feel differently. Things that the, you can feel the chemicals flowing. And finally, this I found this interesting. Lengthy walks, a popular pandemic pastime, can wear down the knees and hips. If longer excursions are not complemented by core and pelvic stability strength strength training exercises like planks, bridges, and clamshells. Variety is important, and patients who focus on just one form of exercise, like walking, running, biking, can develop muscle imbalances and overuse injuries. How many deep knee bends did you just do? Like 20? Something like that, yeah. I think if I did 20 deep knee bends, I wouldn't be able to get to my car after work. (laughs) I think you would hear cartilage tearing from across the room. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So it's Beyond Bath. What's the name of the place? It's uh, Bath and Body Works, I believe. Is that correct, Sean? That's correct. Can you attest to that? Yeah, Michael, okay. Uh, and I, they I, sell probably sell soaps that look like desserts. Oh, yeah, and desserts that look like soaps. It's very clever. So uh, I've watched this video. It is uh, brutality. It is a handful of heavyset white gals and one heavyset white guy. You mentioned race and weight. What? I'm I'm painting a picture. What? I I paint pictures with words. Heavyset white girls. Yeah. Yeah, white women ages 30 to 50, I'd say 30 to 45. Uh, I'm told, and and if anybody has any more complete in, information, feel free to interject now. But I'm told that there was a dispute over somebody cutting in line. An employee interceded. That was uh, met with bad feelings, and the small uh, female fists got balled up and started to fly. <laughs> Hmm, that it quite was, smells like cinnamon. 
It, <laughs> it was remarkable how quickly it just turned into a multi-person melee. Do we know what started it? Just cutting in line, I'm told. I don't know. Uh, does Brett Bear's report shed any further light on this? It will make you mad when somebody cuts in line. Fox yeah. 10 in Phoenix says video goes viral of a massive brawl between a customer and two employees at a bath and body works store. A police spokesman says the fight started over someone cutting in line. The company that owns the store says it's deeply concerned and is investigating that incident. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Deeply, deeply, deeply well, of course concerned. the owner says he's deeply concerned. What are you ever going to say? Bees be bees. What are you going to do? I mean, what? <laughs> Well, what was really impressive to me in, in old school, really old school, is that the uh, Bath and Body Works gals uh, were willing to throw dogs and just punch their customers right in the face. <laughs> that is that is uh, from a bygone era when you couldn't shoplift or you couldn't cause chaos. You know, back in the back in the day, you tried to shoplift, somebody would tackle you and, and sit on your chest till the cops came. Now, the great progressive experiment, oh, no, better let the authorities deal. Don't do anything. Don't do We might be sued. Don't do anything. And so property crime is, is rampant. Now, I'm not necessarily pro. You know, if my wife says, no, this coupon's not expired, and they say, yes, it is, and they sock her in the mouth, I'm going to be pretty unhappy with that. <laughs> you got to have a little restraint, obviously. So do you, what was that email you had earlier about um, be kind to people who are this, that, or the, that, because we'll oh, all be that. Do you have that handy? A, a quote from George Washington Carver. Yeah, because yeah, it fits in with my story about somebody cutting in line. Yeah. Uh, how far you go in life depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant of the weak and strong. Because someday in your life, will you will have been all of these. That's pretty good. I will remember that forever. Um, The other day, I'm at the grocery store. And I'm waiting in line. I'm doing the six foot back thing that you have to do at the grocery store. And some guy comes and just walks betwixt me and the person in front of me and just, well, just cuts in line. And, uh, it was a fairly long line. We'd been waiting for a long time. And I was, uh, do I say something? Do I not say something? For whatever reason, I was in a mood where I thought, you know what? I'm just going to let him. I just, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to get worked up. It's not worth it. Whatever. Going to go all Gandhi. I'm going to go all Gandhi here. I'm going to cease fighting everyone and everything and just let it go. Be part of my world. Um, but then when we got up there, uh, after he went through and everything that they were talking to him and he was clearly one way older than I had thought. He was a quite old man and, uh, special in some way. I don't know okay. what all the, all the workers there knew who he was. And did you have a ride home today, Jim? You have a ride? Yeah, I got a guy. I think I got a ride. Oh, does somebody want to help him out? I mean, he's a guy they know nice. who's got some yeah. problems. And I thought, you know what? I, I I made the right call by accident, but I don't. The person that cut in line in front of me, you don't know what their situation is. Now sometimes yeah. they're just a holes who don't want to wait. That that's more often than not. But with all kinds of things, driving, you know, all kinds of inst- instances, you, you don't know what's going on there. Yeah, mercy is better than anger in general. Although if some chick cuts in front of you at the Bath and Body Works, I say just flatten her. Huh? Well, you Just got, layer out. You got your story. What were you at a fair or what were you? Well, no, it was the first time I ever went to the San Diego Zoo with my um, wife and kids. With the great experiences of, for a tourist in the world. Sure, the pander, the lions, the other animals. So, the recently uh, inoculated apes. 
You know, I'm <laughs> I'm there with my three kids. It's a bit of a spit show, if you know what I mean. Trying to keep everybody oh, happy yeah. and in line. And oh man, everybody's hungry but doesn't know what they want. So I got to wait in line for the chow. And this was also the first experience I had with this. Really, as an adult, I think um, everybody's waiting in the line. It was very slow, and uh, some other people just walk into the enclosure, and a lady waves over here, over here, over here, and ushers an entire family in with her in front of all of us who had been waiting a long damn time. And I said, hey, excuse me, we've all been waiting here for a long time. They really ought to go to the end of the line. Because I was, I was torqued off. And, uh, Did you say it in that likely. tone there? Oh, or? yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I may have had a little edge, but I don't know. It was years ago. Uh, and so this lady turns and she shouts so everybody can hear, Oh, white boy's got to eat. The white man has to eat first. Oh, and boy. I'm like, Oh, and I'm like, what are you anyway? Are you kind of Hispanicish or something? I can't even tell. But she's she immediately <laughs> oh, went to the race car. Oh, geez. and I thought, okay, all right. Uh, and late later, she went and got her man. And this guy, a pretty big guy too. He came, he comes over. He goes, hey, what's going on over here? I said she waved a bunch oh, of people gosh, in front of us. Oh my gosh, you had to talk to her dude. Yeah, her man. She had. Uh, she made her man come over. And uh, and and this was actually a, a hell of a good moment, a great moment. She waves her man over. He says, "What's going on here?" I said, "She waved a bunch of people in front of us in line. We've been waiting a long time." He looks at me. He looks at her. He rolls his eyes and walks back to the table. <laughs> He's like, "Dude, you have to deal with this for ten minutes. I got to deal with this year round." <laughs> You know, you got lucky you got a normal person because there are people that would have loved the opportunity to fight over you disrespected his uh, girlfriend, wife, whatever the situation. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Oh, my God. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong Armstrong and Getty show. (laughs) This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. We wanted to talk to Mike Lyons, a military analyst we've had on for years about some of the threats that are the, the the Biden administration faces in the world. Obviously, China is always on that list. Um, um, but, uh, you know, start a new administration, start fresh look at the world and, and what we need to worry about. Mike Lyons, he served in various military organizations in both the United States and Europe throughout his career. He's got a Bachelor of Science degree from the United States Military Academy at West Point, MBA um, from New York University, all-around smart guy and a guy we like to talk to. Mike Lyons, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. How are you doing? Hey, thanks so much for having me back. How's your life, by the way, uh, a year into coronavirus? Yeah, we're still in pandemic hell here in New York, frankly. Um, things are just opening up, uh, 10% of sports events. Um, I, I live close to New York City, and um, you know, restaurants are closed. I've had friends and, and, and relatives just seriously impacted. Their businesses are still closed. Yeah. You know, we live under a, a governor that uh, rules with an iron fist, and um, the media lets him get away with it, frankly. So you know, we, we just kind of – every day is Groundhog Day. We live day to day, and we just you know, hope, uh, hope things change as the vaccine gets out there. Oh, and his administration covers up and lies about people dying, which we'll talk about later this hour. Yeah, it's pathetic. Uh, so before we get to China, which has obviously got to be the, probably the biggest part of the conversation, what are the big threats that Joe Biden faces in his new administration around the world? 
you know, when, when Mike asked me to, to talk today about that, I really you know, had to think about it and say that, you know, you, we've talked in the past about our strength of our military and what our military can do and the hammer that it is. But I, I really am now thinking that this Biden administration or any administration, the way we are in the world right now, there's so many more threats that are even non-military related, cyber, for example, uh, drug production, uh, technology transfers. The thing with the Chinese, for example, is the Chinese might not threaten us militarily, but the bottom line is if all information eventually flows through Chinese routers and the Internet and they control those kinds of things, you know, that, that, that has the real impact on our country. And so while we focus, continue to focus on our military might and, you know, our budget shows that we're going to invest more in our Navy, we're going to, sell, you know, we're going to make sure that the shipping lanes are open in the South uh, Pacific and, and the like, um, information, I think, more and more every day becomes more powerful than than uh, the sword on some level. So I think that uh, the Biden administration is going to have to focus on more than just the kinetic issues, but uh, the threats that we face with non-military forces. So does it make sense to um, continue to have troops in Afghanistan and, uh, you know, keep our eye on Iraq and all that sort of stuff while we're doing this? Or can we even do that? Well, the, the Trump administration has allowed the Biden administration an off-ramp in Afghanistan. And frankly, if they don't take it, they're just stupid. Uh, you know, we've been there for 20 years. It's Vietnam without the body bags. Uh, we're going to have the same situation. The Taliban will take over eventually in a few years. Maybe it won't be 18 months. But um, if they don't take advantage of this, then I don't know when we're ever going to get out of there. And, and for, you know, the, the, the Biden administration's foreign policy can't be everything the opposite of what Donald Trump did because he did a lot of good things. And shift that back over to Iran. You shift that to the Middle East. Um, you know, we're, we're about to see, you know, like who concert, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, because if we start shifting our attention away from Israel, uh, try to overthrow the government in Syria, you know, we're going to have failed nation states. We're going to have the same foreign policy we've had for the past 30 years before that, uh, with Iran in the center of it being the greatest foreign policy failure in the history of, of the countries in, in the post-World War II era. So let's see what let's see what happens. But um, I, I do think that we've got to think the third dimension now and, and recognize that it's not just that situation of troops on the ground. And that's not going to be what's going to project power. Iran is the greatest foreign policy failure in uh, the post-World War II era. That's an interesting thing for you to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know you could argue Vietnam. We lost fifty six thousand souls there, and that that was a tremendous failure. But everything from nineteen seventy nine, from the revolution that took place when we were young men, and you know, I was in high school at the time, just starting my military career, and 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 everything that we look at today is all focus of the, the fact that Iran fell back then. Uh, they had that war with Iraq, and you saw the Iraq War in the nineties with Desert Storm, and then you saw what what all led up to the you know, the Taliban making. Their way in, inside of uh, of Afghanistan. So I, I, you know, had had that not happened, I think you know we didn't see that coming. We didn't see that revolution take place in Iran. And 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 to Barack Obama's uh, credit, he tried to fix that. You know, again, he he figured that that would be a good legacy project. Let's let's fix it. But the way to fix it is not to give them nuclear weapons and not allow them to have them in 10 years, which is really what that deal was going to do. Yeah, it's pretty interesting that the Biden administration, uh, all their talk about things they were going to do on day one and get back into the Iranian nuclear agreement and all that sort of stuff, they have not lifted sanctions. And uh, Joe Biden said the other day that we're not going to unless you stop making uranium. Iran announced yesterday that they are going to, uh, you know, enrich uranium. Yeah. 
Yeah, the fatwa that uh, came out with uh, from the mullahs there is, uh, is all by the wayside. And you know, if they were going to use nuclear energy in order to power hospitals and the like, and, and that thing, that 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 would be fine. But they're not. They're gonna. It's gonna go down this path. And the question is, what's gonna happen? And we're gonna sit on the sidelines with, with you know on our hands. And we're going to watch Israel and Saudi Arabia. There's this lineup taking place now between Israel, Saudi Arabia, and other Arab nations against the Persian countries. Uh, Turkey could get sucked into that, too, and then NATO's involved, and now we've got a real problem. So it remains a tinderbox. The question is whether or not um, the Iranians are going to eventually comply in some ways and make some kind of deal. I, I'm not sure. The Europeans now, they're, they're, t- they're done with America, frankly. I, you, you, they're tired of being whipsawed between these administrations about going back and forth about who's in charge. So they're not, I don't think they're going to have any trust in the Biden administration at all right now. They're going to stay on the sidelines until this gets figured out. Wow, that's really interesting. Talking with Mike Lyons, military analyst. We've talked to him for years uh, and, and enjoy his company. Um, so we were talking a little bit ago about that uh, cyber attack on the water treatment plant in Florida. Right. And, you know, uh-huh. was that a test run or what the heck was that? Um, yeah. and I was just picturing that, 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 that nut job that blew up that truck in Nashville uh-huh. shut down cell phone service for like a giant chunk of the country that day and for, yeah. for like an entire day. If you, if you have, if we had some sort of cyber attack from China where a whole bunch of water plants across the country, all of a sudden the water's undrinkable and our cell right. phones got shut off, the level of panic you would have in this country um, for, you know, 24, 48 hours would allow China to do anything. And by the time right. we all got our act together and figured out what was going on, it'd be too late. They'd be done with whatever operation they'd done. Isn't that a, a real possibility for how this unfolds? Yeah, I, I'm not a FUD guy, fear, uncertainty, and doubt in that regard. But that's exactly the threat that is out there, that non-military threat starts in that direction and then is followed up potentially by something kinetic. Then they could turn around and attack our ships in the South Pacific Sea. They could use that as a, again, as an off-ramp to start something. But I, that is clear. And, and these um, infrastructure of the critical infrastructure within our water systems, electrical grids, they've got to be continuously reinforced and make sure that we can cut the problems off if they are compromised. That's a, that's a, what what the, what happened there is someone doesn't even have to be in the United States in order for that to happen. That it goes through a Chinese route or someplace. You know, North Korea. North Korea's greatest cyber threat. It doesn't even sit inside the boundaries of North Korea. So that's why if there's one thing the world has learned is don't fight the United States conventionally. You don't want to get the U.S. Army involved, the U.S. Air Force involved. You don't want to do any of those things because you're going to get your butt, you know, kicked. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work out. But you can do things like this, the soft power, and, and have where the United States has peers. We have peers in these in these areas where we had no peers in those other places, and so the, the enemy is going to go in those kinds of directions. And is the Pentagon aware of this? Are they, they aware that, hey, we might have the Marine Corps and SEAL Team 6, but when it comes to the cyber stuff, we're, we're like everybody else? Right, every day, which is, again, why, you know, you look again what the Trump administration did with the Space Force. I think that's going to prove to be somewhat prescient because it's going to transcend not only defending that domain of space i think there's a layer of cyber that that is over it because of all the satellites that connect us and all of the things that that, that it goes through so i i do think that um we've our country eventually gets it right we made a lot of mistakes along the way in our history but in this case um there there are enough people that recognize that uh, we the, the last war again fighting conventionally is not going to happen tank battles you know thir- we're 30 years from desert storm now that that was the largest tank battle in the history of the world you put uh, the US 7th corps 140,000 troops online those days are gone those not that's not going to happen for our military the next war is going to take place uh, inside the internet wow that's really interesting stuff
I, I hope uh, I hope the people uh, you know spending all that money, all that taxpayer money on protecting the country uh, are aware of what you just said. Um, I, I think yeah, I think they are, and that's the point though is. But you're you're right. It's got to be a bipartisan approach to it because the, the money still is going to want to get spent in districts that make tanks and make parts and all those other things, and that's where you know politicians are going to have to figure that out and where we're going to pivot away. Look, for example, the army is going to struggle for a mission. I think for the next 10 years, the Navy's going to get funded. The Air Force is going to get funded. The Army's really going to struggle for a mission because uh, there's just nobody to fight. One final question. Um, do we as a nation have the stomach for an actual kinetic battle with China if they were to, you know, want to close off the, the shipping lanes or move on Taiwan or something like that? I don't know if as a nation we'd be willing to lose very many soldiers to stop that from happening, whereas China, they wouldn't care. Yeah, we I, probably not for a long period of time because China also is going to go right for our carriers. They're, they recognize that you sink a uh, uh, you know the USS Gerald Ford, you sink an aircraft carrier, you kill five thousand sailors, you 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 don't allow planes to land. Um, they're going to they're going to they're going to go for it. That's what they're going to do. I don't think we do. And and I I thought back in the seventies when Richard Nixon got the Chinese kind of on our side. We you know we couldn't manufacture a billion bullets because there's a billion of them to try to kill from a military perspective. But uh, I don't know. I, I you know where does that war take place uh, kinetically? It, it likely takes place on the sea. Um, and then what does it look like? Is it World War II where it starts on sea and then eventually has some land invasion? I, it's unthinkable. And I just we don't have either the patience or the stomach or, you know, the, the, the wherewithal to try to think that that is going to do anything positive for our country or the world going forward. Well, the Biden administration, I think it was yesterday, said, uh, you know, a conflict would not be good for either one of us. I believe that's true for us. I don't know if China thinks that's true. That it wouldn't be right. good for them. So that's the problem. Anyway, appreciate your time today. Mike Lyons, military analyst. You can follow him. What's your What's your Twitter? At Major Mike Lyons on Twitter. Appreciate it. Good follow. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate the talk. Thanks for having me. I know for some of you that seems like real fanciful. This stuff will never happen. It, it'll happen. You know, when? I don't know. Is it going to be in a year or five years or ten years? I don't know. But that is China's plan. That is the only thing they spend their time thinking about is dethroning us as the world superpower. There's plenty of information out there to let you uh, to let you know that. You can read all kinds of books, articles, people who know ins and outs of the way China works. That is what they're going to do. Do we have the stomach to stand up to it? I don't know. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. to the best of the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. So a couple of China things for you. Both of them really horrifying, but one of them funny if you're a juvenile, and luckily I'm not. So uh, I take things seriously, so I do not laugh at their uh, insistence on anal swabs of everyone from around the world. But stay tuned for that. Uh, A more serious China story is... um, And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. A study found that uh, China had permeated the regional... Uh, power grid in India using malware causing mass blackouts last year after they got into those border disputes um, between China and India. So they got into the, I don't know if you remember, they were throwing rocks and beating each other with sticks and stuff like that. They don't allow right, certain... They got some, right, right, yeah, they can't have arms in that little region just to avoid any shootings. Because, because they hate each other so much and they get into so many dust-ups, they don't have weapons so that the worst they can do is you 
punch some guy in the face or hit him with a stick, which ain't great either. But then China went ahead and shut down like half of Mumbai's power grid uh, a year ago, and they're only finding that out now. That's a pretty wow. major move. It might be. And just for the record, they were beating each other to death at times there yeah. on the border. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's also another one of the stories similar to the one we're going to talk with Mike Lyons next hour, that one about Iran and our base. How long has India known or have we known that China did that? Have they known this for a long time and just decided to let the world now know for some sort of leverage? I, I don't exactly know what the geopolitical games are that are going on uh, on a number of these fronts. Now, the more silly one, although if you're on the if you're on the business end of this, it's not silly. China yesterday, I'm sorry, Japan yesterday asked China to stop using anal tests on its citizens. These are headlines. That's a headline from BBC News. Here's a headline from The Guardian. Stop doing anal COVID tests on our citizens, Japan tells China. Um, another story from Yahoo News. China's anal COVID swabs causing great psychological pain. Well, at least. Um, so apparently they did this to us. Also, U.S. officials... At this, I don't remember that. This was... What? Not you and I. Me the and United you? States. Oh. <laughs> they must have drugged me first. <laughs> must have been really or drunk. Or me drunk. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's terrible. Exactly. That's that terrible. That is terrible, and I apologize for it. Um, uh, U.S. officials last week, and I never got to the story then, U.S. officials asked China not to subject our staff to anal swab tests. So China, and nobody can figure out if this is just a power play. Because you... Well, I've had several... Coronavirus tests, as of you, as of many people listening. I wasn't sure how that sentence was going to end. Nobody got near the south of the equator to do them. Right. I spit in a tube. You had a thing jabbed up your nose. There's really no need to drop them and bend over. But China has decided, no, the only really good, really reliable source is (laughs) jabbing you like this. So is, is it merely a domination power play? That they uh, were doing to our scientists in Japan and everybody else. Well, the original explanation was a te- was a scientific one. It's quicker and more accurate, but I'm not buying it. I like no. your uh, thought. No. It's got to be. It's got to be a power play. Yeah. Now come on, China. I haven't heard well, that's a w- something. I haven't heard a word about uh, an accurate or more accurate COVID test that has to do with an anal swab. Have you? In the United States? No, I have not heard uh, it suggested even once that anybody in the U.S. the Jaime test. And if, that, and if that were a better test, you know, depending on exactly what it is, I might be willing to do it. But uh, I haven't heard anything about that. And so I think China is just making anybody from a foreign country come over there, let them shove something up them. Right. Yeah. Well, if you had the deep way, way, way up the nostril one, you might prefer the Jaime test. Because that was pretty painful. True that. I, I've heard. I've heard that it's yeah. It's it's a little rough. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> That's a heck of a headline from Japan. Hey, quit taking our scientists and stuffing things up them. Would you please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Buy me a cocktail first. Wow. At least. Buy me dinner. Now, the most recent story is China denies asking U.S. diplomats to undergo COVID anal tests, but I I find it hard to believe that we're making that up. And they're doing it to the Japanese scientists. God, China you know, if I had to ask him to give up one thing, it'd be stop militarizing the South China Sea. But second would be <laughs> would, would be that. Start Just cut it out. Me. 
Um, uh, China is all kinds of weird, man. Chinese asshole. The good news oh, on the boy. coronavirus uh, vaccine that I mentioned a little bit. Well, one, the Johnson and Johnson is going out, and people are getting it, and you only need one dose. And uh, despite the fact that it's being reported as sixty cent per sixty six percent effective, it's really a hundred percent effective in the tests against ending up in the hospital or dying, which is a, a pretty big deal. Um, but a good article in the Wall Street Journal today about how all this research and money thrown at it, and, and some of it was just lucky is the wrong word because they've been working on this for years, but they, 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 had a break, they had a breakthrough, a major breakthrough on vaccines on these kind of diseases. And, and this is going to change the way human beings interact with viruses forever. Um, is anybody talking about giantly common like, cold? G- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They absolutely think they're closer than ever to uh, to wiping out the common cold and uh, HIV and all kinds of different things because of this completely new way of handling things. I'm not smart enough to completely understand it. I read a lot of the article and then I decided that you, you don't have the degree you need to have to uh, to comprehend this. But it, it used to be about giving you a little bit of you know it goes way back to old timey times the way. Um, George Washington gave his soldiers a little bit of smallpox so that they could handle catching smallpox. That's the way they used to do these viruses. They gave you a little bit of it. That's why you often got sick and then you were immune to it. This is not that at all. This is a uh, somehow convincing your immune system to turn on the virus. And it's just utilizing your own immune system at like, you know, it's like your immune system on steroids to go after these things. And it's a completely different way of approaching it. And it's miraculous. Yeah, I'm having this horrifying thought that we'll achieve some sort of scientific pinnacle of knowledge and being able to help people and cure disease right when Western civilization falls apart because the woke crowd are trying to tear it down. I hope not. Yeah, or, you know, um, uh, global war with China or whatever. Um, yeah, speaking of China. You want me to bend over what? What are you going to do with that thing? I would say to the Chinese guy at the border. You're going to feel a little pressure, sir. Welcome to China. (laughs) This is how we do things here. Armstrong and 